0: My scripture lesson this Sunday is from the 13th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Mark. And as Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be one stone left upon another, and that they will all be thrown down. And as he sat at the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be, and what will be the sign of these things are all to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say to them, Take heed that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the sufferings. But take heed to yourselves, for they will deliver you up to councils and you will be beaten in synagogues and will stand before governors and kings for my sake. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations." Well, dear friends in Christ, grace and peace be unto you from God our Father. For our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This is what we call an apolyptic. Apolyptic. I'm not sure I'll even pronounce it. This is how we know that. An apolyptic section of the Bible where Jesus warns of the suffering and turmoil that must come. And through all the centuries that have followed his teaching, we have looked at the world around us and we've seen all the signs that Jesus talks about. Because, of course, we do. These signs of wars and rumors of wars, of earthquakes and of men rising against men, they're just part of human nature. It's what we do when we try to govern ourselves rather than trusting God. And I think it's part of what we call original sin. We would like, we would like to be able to control God. We'd like to be able to control whom we worship. That's why people have built idols for all the centuries. We would like to say, I can do this on my own and it will be lasting. Uh, we put up big tombstones and cemeteries if we're important enough, and we build beautiful buildings. And if you go to the university, you see na- buildings, great buildings with the names of donors on them because people will give hundreds of millions of dollars. to have their name engraved in stone on a building. Or if you go to a sporting, go to a stadium, you find that the stadiums are named after companies usually. These companies will spend hundreds of millions of dollars just to have their name on the stadium for a certain period of time. We'd like, we'd like to assert our own immortality graven, graven on stone. And yet, what Jesus says is true. You know, that temple in Jerusalem that he spoke about, it was torn down within 100 years, actually, probably within 50 years. And part of it still stands in the Wailing Wall, but. The building behind it is not a Jewish synagogue, it's it's an Islamic temple. If you go even to our country, if you find a 200-year-old building, it's considered truly an historic work of art. But you can go to Europe and you can find ruined seminaries and ruined cathedrals, just stones sort of standing all falling apart. Or you go to Greece or Rome and you see the ruins of previous empires The fact is that we can build with great perfection, but sooner or later, everything we do disappears, just as we do, because our own lives are here for a certain period of time, for 70, 80, 90 years if we're lucky, but we go to join our ancestors in the dust from which we're created. We do not control our destiny, and what Jesus is trying to say in this morning's passage is thus that. He said, don't just keep looking for the signs of the times and Now, now I am in control of what's going to happen. Don't do it because we are not in control. God is in control of what happens. We don't know when it happens, but here's what we do know. We do know that God has promised us salvation, and he's promised us that if we wait, and if we watch, and if we're patient, we're going to see his gospel proclaimed, not only around the world, but if we're lucky in our own hearts. And so we turn our trust over to God this morning. We thank him for his word, but we try not to be so presumptuous as to know what comes next. That is the good news. Thanks be to God. So let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we do give you thanks. And we give you thanks for this world that you've created, harsh and angry as it often seems. We give you thanks, especially for all those who try to make it a better place. For the medical workers and for the police officers and firefighters and utility workers, for all those the medical personnel in hospitals and nursing homes and the researchers, all those people devote their lives to making this a safer world. We give you thanks. We give you thanks too for those who suffer and we offer our prayers for them. We pray for the hungry and for the homeless and for the victims of wars. We pray for those who are sick We pray for our president and for our governor and for all the men and women in the armed forces. And we pray for one another as we remember the words that you taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and make God's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the light of God's countenance upon you. Give each of you God's peace. Thank you for much, so much for watching us. We hope you have a blessed week.